Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Hello everybody. You guys doing? Hello everybody. To my people, I'm gonna send y'all invites right now. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, boy? What's up, Brian? Yo, what's up? What's up, guys? Guys, ready? So, um, thank you. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Welcome to Mental Health Check-In with Talik. Um, we're just going to get the show started, started, you know? You know, y'all want to introduce yourself one by one? You know, no matter who goes first, just introduce yourself. All right, you go. You go first. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Introduce yourself, yeah. What do you want me to say? Like, just introduce who you are. What do you do? You know. Okay. Um, I'm Brian. I live in uh, like just outside Philadelphia. Uh, I'm 24. I work in the pharmaceutical space, but at the same time, I work with Leak in the NAMI group, right? So we do NAMI books, National Alliance of Mental Illness. But now I'm working for them part time, doing stuff for uh, Youth Advocacy Board. So it's okay. like 18 to 25 years of age so we're trying to like push different programs and campaigns for people in that sense or i guess in the mental health awareness or mental health advocate role so um but outside of that no i do music i produce music for people but uh i have this music ministry that we make electronic music and then i run a small creative arts mental health nonprofit in, in uh the suburbs but we're the greater philadelphia area so we do like Kind of pour out whatever they're feeling into in creative ways. So that's pretty much what I'm about myself. But nice to meet you. I don't know what's your name. I'm Jared. You know what to say after all that? <laughs> that's hard to follow up. No, um, I well, I'm Jared. I live in D.C. I just moved here from New York City. Um, I'm a mental health advocate. Like I use my social media to talk about um, mental health, um, but in the for my day job i'm a publicist and i work with uh charities and nonprofits. okay nice 
Licks told guys, me only good things. Can you guys see me? Like, can you see me? Okay. Yeah. I feel like, okay, just making sure it's not buffering. All right. Okay, let's get it started. So we're not having my guests on. I asked them this first question. I'm going to answer my, I'm going to give my answer. But, you know, um, the question is, how's your mental health? Um, my mental health today was up and down. I was in the process of, like, I just had too much going on today. You know, work. I had got the manuscript back from my book that I wrote. Um, I was, like, trying to work and do that at the same time. It was, like, stuff going on with that. You know, I had to rush home to do, you know, the group supervision with NAMI and then rush to this. So, um, my mental health was, like, messed up today. Um, mm. Yeah, it was messed up. But, you know, it's better. I'm here to talk about it, you know? So, um, Brian, you go first. How's your mental health? Uh, I would say, you know, obviously there's that sense of, like, um, underlying anxiety i would say right when you have so much on your plate but at the same you don't know who you can give something to 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 help you out like it's one thing for someone to ask you hey how can i help you but then you honestly don't know how they could help you because you don't even know right what's there for them to help you with so i think that's kind of the headspace i'm in right especially when it comes to just doing work stuff because i legit just came back from work at like 7 20 7 30 Internet, like around the same time so it was a long day but at the same time it's kind of like i guess the question is when it comes to mental health day-to-day -day busy stuff it's like how do you keep that balance of knowing when to ask for help when to not when do you need to ask for help i guess not that when do you not need to ask for help? <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um my mental health it's it's kind of like uh, what you just said um an underlying anxiety just because my life's been in this like weird flux especially since i've just moved here from new york city uh to dc um but today today wasn't too bad but there is still like that underlying anxiety um but i feel like i've been getting better about managing it now so i'm really proud of myself yeah that's good that's good that you know that's real good i'm glad that i always i think that's important to ask that question because a lot of people don't ask that question like hey hey actually how you doing but you nobody asks how is your mental health because you know we could say we're doing okay but if nobody asks about mental health you know mm -hmm. you never get to, go to the root of it um my next question is um what can um what does mental health mean to you guys like what does it mean to you I can tell you what it means to me. Mental health means a lot to me. You know, um, I'm also thinking about going to school to, for working in the mental health field. I want to help people, you know, with my story of being, um, you know, sexually, childhood, going through childhood molestation by two of my cousins that molested me, you know, grief, you know, depression, you know, suicide, you know, like I want to inspire people. I want to help people. So mental health means a lot to me. So what does it mean to you guys? And we ain't going to start with Brian first. We start with you first. <laughs> me? Okay, so what does mental health mean to me? I think I feel like it's overall being in a good place and knowing that regardless, good or bad, what happens like. I think you went out. Oh, no, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Someone was calling okay. me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think that uh, mental health is being whole no matter good or bad things happening to you um, and just being in a good headspace. I think that um, I've had like somewhat of a similar childhood, like just going through a lot of bullshit as a kid, like how much that kind of fucks you up in your yeah. adult life. Um, and you have to really work through that. Uh, but for me, that's what it is, like trying to work through those things that did fuck you up when you were a kid so that you can be in a place of like wholeness. 
here. What about you, Brian? Oh, I think of mental health. I just think of the word um, well-being, right? So that's something that resonates when I think of mental health. At the same time, uh, I, I think about balance as well, right? Because mm -hmm. it's not about just like, oh, is your headspace in the right like zone? It's more like how how are you in all your other aspects of your life? Uh, and if there's something else that's like it's one thing if your problem's external, but majority of the time your problem's internal, right? So, yes. Um, I Definitely. think how do you maintain that balance? Um, so that mental health kind of addresses that that ratio. That's good. That's good. Um, growing up, let's start with Brian with this question. Growing up, um, was it okay not to be okay in your household? Growing up. Oh, for me first. Uh, hell no, dude. Yeah. I that time. Like, if your parents immigrated from like nothing and came to America to make a better life for you and they went through and pretty much ate shit for a long time and they brought you here into a land of I guess opportunity there was no justification as to why you felt depressed or anxious right. that you kind of had to just suck it up and um, put a, a, a safe on and just play the game and try to make it work because you don't want to let anybody down right mm -hmm. yeah so yeah, I mean, it was similar for me, too. Like, I'm from the South. We grew up poor, but my parents are real churchy. So, like, <clears throat> depression wasn't a real thing. You just needed to, like, pray or talk to Jesus, and you would be fine. Um, it wasn't until I got, like, in my mid-20s, I even started thinking about mental health or therapy or even talking about those things. And that's when I realized, like, I had been bottling up so much shit from, like, my early years because we, we weren't supposed to talk about it or we didn't talk about it. Like, my dad is one of those old-school black dads who, like, they don't talk about their stuff. Like, yeah. they don't cry. They don't do any of that. Um, and I don't know. Like, that's... It, it's crazy to me that I used to be the same way, especially now, because I do feel like I'm more, I don't know, enlightened or at least more in touch with mental health. Um, it's just not, it's it's not healthy to carry all that stuff bottled up inside of you. Mm. Yeah. I feel you. Growing up, it was, you know, I grew up with my grandma and <laughs> I couldn't be weak or nothing like that. I feel like she would have looked at me wrong and stuff like that because she was a strong woman or everything she'd been through but it was no room for me to be weak you know um our next question um what do you guys say about stigma i could say that i say fuck it <laughs> fuck stigma you know it is what it, you know it's okay to cry it's okay yeah. not to be okay it's okay to you know feel sad depressed it's okay as long as you own emotions and stuff like that and do and turn into a positive but, you know, out here with stigma, it's just so hard. So what do you guys say about stigma? Fuck the stigma. <laughs> I feel the same way. Because, no, the thing is, like, there's such a stigma around mental health and going to therapists and taking medication for it. And um, you've seen people do drastic things because they didn't really want to admit to themselves what was going on because of the stigma surrounding mental health. It's yeah. so shitty. Like, it's so shitty that more people don't get the help that they need because they're concerned about the stigma or what people are going to say to them. So, man, fuck the stigma. Yeah. Mm. What do you say, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I share the same sentiment, but I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate here. But I'm going to say stigma is good. Uh, you know why? Because um, 
two points come to my mind right now. I was trying to think of a third, but screw it. I'll just say two. First point I would say is um, because without it, we would not have the same passion to reach other people and prove other people wrong. You know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. So I think that gives us some motivation in some capacity because it exists. It makes us more passionate about breaking it. But if it never existed, I guarantee you there would be no sense of a fire under us to That's true. push us. Um, and I guess the second reason would be um, without stigma, um, you wouldn't have anything to prove like people wrong. You know what I mean? Like in the sense yeah. of um, if there's like if there's us where we don't have stigma and then there's people that have stigma. Right. Yeah. But without stigma, we wouldn't have that sense of you versus me or differentiation. So mm. you would never have to prove a point or you'd never have to try to convince anybody of something you know so in the same way same way it makes us more dig deeper into understanding mental health for ourselves and ask us the questions as to what stigma has have we experienced because each of us have our own little you know yeah. journey but we have we've experienced stigma in different ways not only emotionally physically culturally being guys from different ethnic backgrounds faith back yeah. so there's so many elements to stigma you know so I don't know. It's, yeah. It sucks, but, you know, but it, it makes us want to reach more people. That is a great way to look at that, Brian. You're a glass half full kind of guy. I really like that. That's <laughs> such an interesting perspective. <laughs> I am really not. You really meet me in real life. You look at me at work. I'm very, there is, where's the water? Yes. He, he, is. <laughs> he definitely is. I don't believe it, Brian. I feel me like and, you're me very Brian optimistic. Lead, me and Brian lead a men's group in a, as Anxiety, depression, support group for NAMI Bucks County, PA. He's yeah, he's real good. <laughs> he's good. Okay, I'm I know. Yes. So I want to go into like something that Brian said next. Um, how do you how do you say your name, Jared? Right. Yeah, like the jewelry store. Okay, Jared. Jared, right? <laughs> okay, I have to make sure. Jared. So Jared, as you being Oakley gay man, and um, Brian, as you being you know Indian man, you know. Like, how has mental Jared, health... Jared, you, like, double whammy with the stigma. You know like, what I mean? How, you know, me? It's, it's yeah, you got, like, two bags. Oh, right. You got I almost, check all the boxes, baby. Listen, when I'm applying for jobs, <laughs> gay, black, all that. Yeah, no, I you're check right. all the boxes. That's, that's what I'm getting into. All, like, all of the you above. All of the above. Especially as a gay black man. And Brian, as you, as an Indian man, like, how has, like, mental health been for you? You know, I know it's a stigma. You know, Jared, be a gay and black. <laughs> you get, I was just telling one of my friends the other day, I said... I said, being gay and black, you're black, but then you're gay. It's like a double stigma. They attack you hard. Like, how do y'all navigate through that, you know, stigma, you know, with the stuff I just mentioned? You know, we can start with Jared, then Brian. Um, I mean, it it's really tough. Like I was saying earlier, my parents were very religious. So for a very long time, I was really taught to hate myself, like to not dislike myself, uh, yeah. to dislike myself. Like I was just saying I was bad. Like just my being was bad. Um. And that fucks up your mind. Like, you really will go through a, a period where you don't like yourself and you feel like you're going to burn a hair. Just all this, like, crazy stuff. And I didn't really realize until I got older that I hadn't, like, really unpacked all of it. It was, like, I mean, like, maybe, like, my late 20s when I really started, like, honing in on the fact that, like, all of those things that happened to me, the way, like, like the church treated me and everything was really fucked up. And I thought I had gotten past it, but I hadn't. Um, and that's, I think, when I got really deep into mental health and, like, I was like, baby, you got to work through this. You got to, like, exercise yeah. those demons. You got to get it out because, like, you're clearly still 
angry about it and rightfully so but like you gotta mm -hmm. talk about it and get it out but yeah it's 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 tough i don't think people realize sometimes when you're from a tougher background or you've been through things um how like fragile your mental health may be just yeah. because you went through all that we just don't but I, I think because we get so used to it we don't even realize you know does that make sense yeah i just want to piggyback off of what um jared said you know people understand you know yeah, you, the double stigma, you black and you gay, but then it's like you being judged for everybody else, then, then you're being judged for your own community, too. People don't look at that, you know. Black community will judge you. Um, gay, gay community, they would definitely judge. They want unity, but they judge what's inside the community. And, you know, that has to stop. I've been through that. Trust me. <laughs> I've been through it. You got to look a certain way, be a certain way to be cool with somebody, to hang out with somebody. It's just, like, crazy. You know, I just wanted to chime in on you know my experience <laughs> um brian what about you you know you indian man you know india you a smart guy you know it's the nami like what do you say uh i mean i don't know from i want to piggyback off of what you know jared was saying before i yeah. jump in the jared's thing like yeah i grew up in a super religious household that screwed me up so much because we're taught to like die to self your nature is sinful so as a result you need mm -hmm. to you know not entertain it. Like, it's like you have to, like, disassociate yourself from who you are right here, mm -hmm. right now, um, in order to seek something spiritually higher. And I understand the concept, but at the same time, you're not giving anybody guidance on how to approach it from a healthy way. You're just kind of saying, like, the church almost, when I was growing up, was kind of telling us, yeah, you need to do that, but we're not going to help you figure that out because it's too dirty and too hard for us to do. So you can figure that out behind closed doors and, and you know, make up whatever you want to make up and look the part. But don't don't bring your baggage here inside. Um, nobody wants to see that. But, but what you said with the sense of you said condemnation, right? You said that. Um, I didn't, but Con it could have been, or yeah. maybe should have been sprinkled within my. Yeah, yeah, but world. I think what you're saying is in your journey, you got you led from a you you were like experienced the faith or religion from a sense of like you're going to go to hell, like condemnation. Yes, yeah, but yeah. I think there's a healthy boundary where it's not condemnation that we need to pursue; it's confession. Whereas confession isn't like, oh, I'm so, you know, it's more like I need help here in this area of my life. Help me to be stronger in these areas because I'm failing in these aspects. That's more like a positive way to, you know, approach faith in my experience in a healthier mental health perspective. But for me as an Indian, I feel like, um, yeah, it's same thing. It's like you're going to get judged for this, like um, especially from – for me, religion and Indian community were intertwined because I grew up in the Indian church. That was so it's like a double whammy in that sense. But either, like you said, you got, oh, you got a problem, you don't take medicine, just pray to God, He will heal you. Or um, you got a demon, or you're crazy, you're insane. It's because of your uncle's uncle, uncle that he did some shit. Like you're gonna get screwed over now, like something like right. that. So, uh, so uh, yeah, there is that sense to it. There's also the factor once medication gets brought up everyone starts to distance themselves because oh, yeah. oh well now you're really talking about things that are controversial um right um yeah. and then the third thing with with regards to just cultural standpoint it's like i don't know i i think in going through your own mental health journey you learn that you're not totally defined by your culture you know mm -hmm. i think a lot of people might not might not necessarily come to that realization because they feel like their i like their identity and they they can't see themselves outside of their culture like that's all they see and maybe they only have all that kind of like their friend group is all the same skin tone yeah. like they don't have that sense of like zoomed out perspective like 
oh, maybe I am more than just my culture, right? Yeah. Mental health kind of pushes you out of that and kind of says, okay, but how can I take care of what my mental state is right now outside of my gender, sexual orientation, my faith status, and my cultural background, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, The next thing I want to get into before we get to the next one, I want to say anybody out there that's struggling with, you know, any suicide thoughts or just that's you know, even if you're struggling, you know somebody is, you know, there's a um, suicide prevention hotline at one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Make sure you call that, text it, whatever the website. They're there for you. Um, Nami has support groups. Nami Bucks PA has support groups Monday through Friday. Need any support? And Brian put the text Nami in there. Thank you, Brian. That's Mr. Nami right there. <laughs> but my next question for you guys is, um, has suicide ever crossed your mind? And we'll start with Brian, then go to Jared. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I almost, I, I attempted two times. Yeah, that's in my life. Uh, one, I think, one was like, almost like I didn't want to do it, but then I, I felt like, I don't know how to describe it, but like, I guess I'm approaching it from more of a faith background, but in faith, like, I feel like we're not really fighting physical things or people were fighting like spiritual things so i felt like such darkness on me it's like a weighted like it felt like i got a weighted blanket on me and it was just mm-hmm. such a, a sense of like heaviness yeah. so that's how i felt on that time and i what is it tried it and then you know it didn't work so i was like oh great now i'm stuck here again then you know i i tried to like you know i thought oh maybe it will get better but it didn't get better and then i was just like i felt trapped um emotionally i felt trapped spiritually too because i was still stuck in this indian church that i wanted to just get away from because it was just so stigma um very you know uh, it was just very like toxic too so i felt trapped in that capacity and then um even professionally i was just like what's the point of me working a dead-end job and doing this same shit different day type thing when i know that you know like everything that I once enjoyed as a kid, right? Like even for me, like I'm in my basement, I have like a crap ton of music stuff. There was a good year and a half where I never touched any of it. It was all in the cases, collecting dust. And every day I was just sitting in my bed, looking at the ceiling, like mad at myself. Like I bought all this and I'm not doing nothing with it. Um, So there's a sense of regret too. I think one of the biggest things that leads someone to suicide is such a sense of regret and guilt yeah. and shame so i think those are that's the trifactor that pushes someone over the edge i think um but yeah that kind of pushed me over the edge and then i could remember it vividly it was july 4th i had a business trip to do on that monday and i was terrified to go to to the business trip because i didn't know how to mask it in front of my coworkers, yeah. especially when you're in a different state so i was just had so much anxiety about it so then i attempted and then i woke up and I was like, shit, I'm here again. <laughs> like, what do I do? I can't, no matter how much I try, I'm stuck here. Like at this point, I, and I was just like, you know what? I guess, I guess. Yeah. That's a sign, Brian. Yeah. So that's a sign that your ass needs to be here. Oh yeah. I guess I'm stuck now. <laughs> if listen, if that yeah. shit was supposed to work, bro, it would have worked. If you were supposed to be gone, you would be gone. You're still yeah. here for a reason. But I'll yeah. be honest. I went down every single thing on the list. Um, but then I was, yeah. the back of my mind is like, oh, I, I, my parents don't deserve to see yeah. me, um, you know, in a certain spot in the house. So they don't deserve to get a police call in the house and say, oh, we found your, like, I, I, don't, I didn't want to put them through that. So I was thinking about the most respectful way to do it. Whereas I'm not like 
it's not graphic it's not whatever but it's just it's just very like simple right that's what i was thinking so i was still trying to be considerate yeah. of the process but nonetheless it's kind of like i don't know it's very easy to make that decision impulsively or just yeah, based yeah. on the weight of emotion because it's a lot of weight yeah that, yes that pushes you to do it so i feel that's why i feel so sympathetic to people that successfully you know, know. die by suicide yeah. but you know because there's, there's that sense of like you're on the roller coaster you're going up 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 and then finally you stop and then you drop but then you're like yeah. oh why did i do it you know yeah yeah well how do you feel now how are you doing now no i mean i'm definitely grateful that you know i'm in the position that i am now because everything i feel like biblically because i'm i'm very faithful now in the sense that i'm approaching spirituality from a way healthier perspective yeah but i i look at it now from the perspective that like there's a story in the bible called the job story right so he lived oh, yeah, in the book of job everything, yeah. and then um he he ended up getting everything double right so i feel like every aspect that i wanted to you know get like every aspect that was giving me a sense of regret or weighing down on me yeah where i'm at right now it's either come back in full or it's like doubled so Amen. it's kind of weird but okay. at the same, i'm not saying the prosperity gospel or whatever but i'm saying that if you ever feel like you're in a position where you feel like you've lost a lot if you just pray a simple prayer like help me to get back in a position where i can use this in a way that glorifies you he will probably help you get back to where you were or even to places you never imagined Hey man, Pastor Brian. <laughs> like I'm in church right now. Uh, I feel so uplifted. Um, <laughs> your turn, Jerry. Um, yeah. So I, um, it's funny that you mentioned the Book of Job actually, because when I was going through like one of my like lowest periods, I would read the Book of Job all the time because Job went through it. Like Job lost everything. And I would look at that, I'd be like, well, damn, like, if he can withstand all of this and still have faith, then I can do this, too. Um, but I went through a period, uh, like, before I left New York City, where, like, I lost my job. I had actually had a really bad drug addiction, um, crazy family stuff, like, people dying. Like, it was just a lot going on. Um, and that combined with the drugs was like uh, just a really bad mix and i remember um it was strange i remember feeling like i didn't want to necessarily die but i didn't want to exist anymore either like i just didn't want to be here it had all gotten way too tough um and i had been through a lot of crazy things before in my life but like this was a period where everything was like back to back this shit was like every uh week something else crazy was happening um and I remember like standing in my kitchen, like it was, I was almost like having a conversation with myself, um, like trying to push myself to do it, but then also like trying to talk myself off the ledge at the same time. Um, I, I, I didn't do it. Like I didn't attempt to, but um, that was probably one of the lowest points ever in my life where, I, cause I had never even gotten to a point where I had considered it before, but I remember that night I was like strongly, yeah. strongly considering it. Um, a heavy feeling, right? say again brian it's a heavy feeling right it is a it's a really heavy to think that you would like want to take yourself out forever yeah. like you can't come back from that you're gone forever like it is extremely heavy and i think i was so surprised that that was even something i was dealing with 
Because it's funny, you mentioned earlier, you were like, people don't talk about mental health, but then when they start talking about medication, it's like, oh, that's too serious. I feel like suicide is one of those things, too. It's like, you sure talk about mental health and set boundaries and take breaks and breathe deeply and all that shit. But it's like, when you start talking about suicide or like take medication for your depression, then people start yeah. to get real like, oh, I can't talk about that. Or like, yeah. that's that's too yeah. serious. But maybe, I mean, maybe give pe people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're like, oh, well, I'm not the expert in that. So talk yeah. to your, your mental health professional. But I feel like people need to be educated in that sense and say it's okay to not know what to say, but at the same time, mm -hmm. Not necessarily okay for you to just distance yourself so abruptly. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't even mean like going to someone necessarily needing help in regards to like how to handle suicide ideation. It's more of like I feel like people get uncomfortable if you talk about it at all. Like I, if I even open up about it, it's like that's too serious of a thing in regards to mental health, and I feel like it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been through like. Um you know, attempts and everything. Um, I know most recently during Christmas, well, probably Thanksgiving, I had burned an urn for myself because I was just ready to go. It was like missing my mom, my sister, and I was just ready to go and stuff like that. And watch one of my friends about it, and, you know, they, like, they, you know, I'm real, I try to be real open to tell my friends like when I'm going through stuff or if I'm suicidal or whatever like that, I try to tell them. So I had brought an urn. I was ready to get it engraved with my name on it. I was just ready to go. But the crazy thing about that, when I brought that urn, I was waiting for it to come. I was driving. I live in Delaware now. I was driving in, um, in the middle of a shootout. And like God spared my life, you know. It was like a message from God. Like the, they, they shot over my car to somebody across the street. And I was like shooken up, nervous. Until the next day, I saw that the bullet hole went through my hood of my car. And I was like, wow, that could have easily hit me, you know? I feel like God was telling me, you know, you don't have control of when you go, I have to say. So it was like a real good <laughs> learning lesson and stuff like that, you know? Um, I can say, I want to say again, the suicide prevention number is 1-800-273-8255. Like, if you know anybody, please speak up. Like, um, recently, um, it was a story of this 12-year-old boy that took his, um, died by suicide. Um, I talked about it in one of our support groups and like, for some reason, like we know a lot of kids, are, you know, they commit suicide. I don't know how they get this information that they commit suicide. Um, I mean, die by suicide. I'm sorry, I said the wrong way. But um, it broke my heart, man. Like I had to call out of work. Um, I was in um, one of the NAMI groups just crying. I was like, wow, like a 12-year-old just did that, you know? So like if anybody's going through that, please reach out. No matter if your friend get mad at you, oh, well reach out, get them help, like, save their life, you know? Like, if it felt so heavy for us, yeah. imagine a 12-year-old. Yeah. feel like they can't even bear, like, it's, like, going to be soul-crushing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It, crushed, it crushed my soul reading it and, like, seeing the stuff on Instagram and everything. It just, like, yeah, made me want to fight. It made me just want to fight harder for, like, mental health and do what I do and everything. Yeah. Shout out. That's why your page called Men's Fight, Man Fight. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, get a hundred. So, um, do y'all guys have friends around you? What kind of friends do you guys have around you that keeps you in check? That keeps you like you know? Do you have them friends that you be like, hey, I'm not feeling too well. I'm feeling like this. I'm sad. Like, do you guys have them friends? Because I have them. We'll start with Brian then to Jared. Yo, you already saw me last time. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Just go with the flow. <laughs> 
start if that makes it easier. No, I'm not. Mine's easy. My mine's just short. Yeah. I have a lot of acquaintances. I don't really have close oh. friends, but the people that can keep me in check are my parents. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty open with my parents now. So I, okay. they, they've, they've seen all the high and lows. Because I guess Indian families, like, if there's ever an issue, they like to keep clothes wrapped uh, and, like, keep it under lock. Lock and yeah. key. So only me and my parents know what's happening throughout my whole diagnosis journey. So at this point, like, they're the people I can rely on to keep me in check. But everyone else I regard as, like, I'm pretty open with everybody, but everyone else are just, yeah. like, yeah. Um, I, I, I do have friends that I can be open with those things about. It is still weirdly uncomfortable for me to talk face to face with people, even though I get on social media to thousands of people and talk about it. Yes. I don't know why it's very weird for me to talk to friends or like one on one with people about it. But I do have them there and they would listen if, 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 if needed. That's good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. It's always good to keep them certain people around you that's going to lift you up, you know, that's going to want to, you know, I hate to say this, like, fight for your life more. If you don't want to fight for your life, they'll fight for your life for you and everything. It's always good to keep that around. So what are some coping skills that you guys had, well, share with the people when you're depressed, you know? What is what is your go-to? What is your outlets? You know, mine's is, like, I love writing music, um, watching TV, you know, you know, that's a coping skill, watching old reality shows and just laughing, um, like watching Martin or something, just laughing at stuff, you know? So, um, We'll start with Jared, so I started with Brian last time. What are some coping skills that you can tell the people? Um, one of my coping skills actually is watching TV shows. Um, I will watch the same series like five times. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm watching Modern Family again for the second time. I watched the whole series like two years ago, and now I'm watching it again. Um, I read that people with anxiety watch the same TV yeah, shows I read that they too. know what's going to happen. <laughs> So it like brings them comfort. <laughs> I read that so, too. <laughs> I didn't know that though until recently. So I was like, oh, that's why I watch 30 Rock over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but that and and biking. I love um biking. I started doing that during the pandemic. It was like you couldn't really go anywhere or be around people, but if I was on a bike driving around, I mean right around New York City, like I didn't have to be around people. It's very freeing. Those are like my main two. Yeah. Bry. I don't watch TV. I used to watch it. I don't watch any more TV. Um, I do YouTube, like YouTube. Sometimes I'll just, you know, watch like different types of like videos pertaining to like music production or um, like America's Got Talent clips or different people like doing crazy things um, in that sense. But uh, no, my main outlet is um, either like picking up a different instrument or making different sounds and making different, like producing different sounds. Like it's all yeah. the creative art space. So when it comes to like songwriting music, um, playing with other people in that sense, jamming out, playing live somewhere or um, just listening to music on Spotify or whatever. But that's pretty my main thing. I'm trying to distance myself from like emotionally eating, but to be honest, self-care, sometimes you can, maybe I should spin it off and make it more like, self-care in the sense of cooking because then maybe it would be better framed that way you but... are all about the perspectives Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no but let's be honest you could also cook completely terrible food as well that's like filled with sugar and fat and whatever yeah. but maybe that's some spinoff that could happen but yeah I, my go-to is probably food but i'm trying to make it more healthy and um but music is my equally with one second one would probably be just like i don't know but like 
sit, like chilling in in your sofa on your bed, just yeah. just chilling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Not doing anything, just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing at all. Right. <laughs> I'm like a YouTube guy. I don't watch like clips of Housewives and everything. Maybe no, maybe read an article casually. I don't know. Yeah. Or read a book. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, read a book. Who me? Yeah, man. I already said that's I like watching TV. I like watching. I'll be on YouTube watching Real Housewives of Atlanta clips, just watching old clips. It's like watching MTV The Challenge. Some of that stuff just excites me just to watch. I guess, especially Riley TV, I ain't got to deal with my drama. I can watch my own drama. It's like exactly. more soothing and it's more soothing and everything. But um, <laughs> you feel better about your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you know, here I like to talk about good stuff. Also, you know, um, Brian. Jared has got some good recognition lately. You know, Brian is working with NAMI, not just volunteering, but working as a, you know, what's a part-time job? I don't what? know if it's, a, I'm like an advisor, like an advisor. Yeah. So explain, explain what you do, explain what you do, bro. I, just, I mean, I'm still learning, but like, we're pretty much like, um, like, Leek and I work in the cha Philadelphia, cha like the Bucks County chapter, yeah. which is in PA, right? So that's like a small affiliate, right? Yeah. But even then, I think our chapter, the Philadelphia PA chapter in Bucks yeah. County specifically, is probably like the biggest, most active chapter. Yeah, it is. We get people from like everywhere, like China, yeah. UK, yeah. Yeah. support groups. Yeah. So, but now I've got the privilege to work for NAMI itself, like NAMI National, national organization now. Ten. Ten of us, um, ten kids, all different backgrounds between 18 to 25. And our job is pretty much to reshape the way youth and young adult programs are run, I guess, yeah. from their organization's perspective. So I think they're trying to just help with us. They're working with us to create yeah. more substantial content, um, reach out to more young people to understand that this resource is available. And then I guess like make public articles like share make make more content to share with other people so that they yeah. engage more and we get them more involved in the mental health movement nationally i think that's the, the whole goal of the thing but yeah i mean i'm still learning i'm not even i only started like last week so we're still figuring out projects and stuff, so. yeah congratulations congratulations Thanks, man, man. Can you i know why you here <laughs> <laughs> i don't leave uh, some cool stuff you've been doing so um take it Jared, away Jared. Jared actually i didn't know about Jared until the nami bus county page reposted something that he posted so Jared, tell us what you do you know i know that you got the big recognition tell me if i'm wrong it's from ebony Ma was that ebony magazine the oh yeah yeah okay tell us, what you tell were us talking us. about i was like yes. what recognition <laughs> yeah. uh yeah yeah uh ebony magazine uh covered like what, like my mental health journey and like what I've been doing on social media. So that was really cool. Yeah. I was very excited. Like that was one of those like, cause I work in media cause I'm a publicist. So yeah. I've worked with editors before, but I'm always pitching somebody else or like trying to get an executive, like an interview. It's never anything involving me. So the fact that somebody yeah. wanted to talk to me was very weird, but it was cool too. Mm. But as Wait, you know, which, as as a black man, I know that was I know that felt good. You know, growing up read, reading the magazines and everything, I know that felt good, man. I saw that. I was like, wow, that's so dope. Tell me, it tell was because it's, tell Instagram it's like, what you do, like your post on Instagram. What do you do with your post on Instagram? Let them know. Um, I mean, I post the different signs. Um, usually they're um, I, the signs I try to be more uplifting. Try yeah. to have uh, a perspective like Brian here. Um, 
that's just more glass half full. Um, and then like I post a lot of videos where I get like super transparent with my um mental health journey. My um my roommate of three years and friend died by suicide last August. Uh, we had just moved out of our apartment at the end of July, and we had only been apart from each other for like three weeks. And I got a call one night at dinner saying that uh, he had passed away. Um, and after that, I felt like I wanted to start being more vocal with my struggles with mental health because I didn't even know he was dealing with that. And we lived right across the hall from each other. And I had no clue. And I, that was crazy to me. Um, and I kept thinking, like, if I had known, we could have been talking to each other and maybe been some type of support system to each other, but we weren't. Um, and I felt like I need, just needed to start being more vocal and talking about it more um, because I don't see a lot of people talking about mental health from a personal place, but especially not black men. It's just not very common because, like, we're taught not to talk about this stuff. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to talk about everything. I'm going to talk about the drugs and anxiety and depression and the suicide and, like, all this shit and just put it out there so that other people will start feeling more comfortable. And I have had a lot of people reach out to me since I started doing it, saying, like, I deal with this. I deal with that, too. Like, it's it's really nice um, and also makes you feel like you're not going through this by yourself when people are reaching out and telling you their stories, too. Yeah, it's like I, almost you're in the glass ceiling yeah. in so many different ways. I can't say I'm, something. I, I'm trying to. I think it's weird that mental health is not something talked about regularly, but it like yeah. affects all of us, and it can really fuck you up if you don't really like you know look after it and take care of it. Yeah, you know, Jared, don't forget about don't don't worry about the glass half full. I want you to just keep breaking glass ceilings. Just look at the. Okay, bro. <laughs> I can say that your posts have helped me sometimes. I can say it. Like, oh, I didn't went through a rough morning. And I just seen, like, I think what Nami, the Nami Bus County reposted your post, and I followed you. I was like, oh, wow, this is dope. Like, like posting signs. This is like, bro, it's like affirmations that tell you something. You're just looking at it like, okay, I'm having a rough day. Let me go on Jared page and see what I can read to make me feel good and stuff like that. But I can say it has helped me. So, anybody out there that needs any encouragement in the morning, Follow Jared Page. <laughs> You'll definitely get that positivity and encouragement to keep fighting and keep moving on. Follow that page, Brian. <laughs> what is? I mean, I followed his. his, his is it not? Do you have a different account? No, it's same one. Let's. I'm. Let's. I'm following you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so afterwards, you're unfollowing. <laughs> I do have a, like two more questions, and we're done, guys. Um, next question, um, because whoever wants to start off, start off first, they can start off first. Um, it's going to be, what do you say to somebody that's struggling right now with their mental health? What do you say? How do you encourage them? I'm, that I feel like that's such a hard because I know when I'm yeah. down, it's not really much you can say. You gotta just let me ride the wave of it. Like that's that's really how I am. Like I. I just do it from my perspective. I know because when I'm in that space, I nothing really helps. When I know someone else is going through it, I really just try to be like, hey, if you need to talk, I'm here. Even if you never take me up on an opportunity, like I want you to at least know that you could if you wanted to, you know? Yeah. I feel you. I'm, I'm like that. Hold on. I got you, Brian. But I'm like that a little bit. You know, sometimes like, just leave me alone. Let me go. But sometimes that love and support kind of keeps you going and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, they got a question. I don't know if you. Okay, but um. Yeah, I'm gonna read it after. 
Um, wait, how'd you phrase the question? What do um, you say to someone who's somebody that's struggling with mental health? Like, what do you say? How do you uplift them right now? Uh, I say three things to them. Number one thing I say to them is, can I make you something hot to That's the first, okay? Reason I'm saying that is because if you give them something hot to drink, there's that sense of sense of warmth. And okay. sometimes in their life, they need that extra sense of warmth, right? So if you can't give it to them emotionally, you can give it to them physically through the water. So that's the first thing I'll say. Yeah. Second thing I'll say is, um, would, would be like, uh, what can I do for you in this moment that would make yeah. you yeah. Like a little less lighter, not in the sense of like, what can I do for you that would make you better or like make you feel less like sad. Yeah. I would say, what can I do for you that makes you will help you make yourself feel a little lighter because they're probably emotionally heavy. If yeah. they're feeling. Yeah. And the third thing I'd say is, um, can we do something tomorrow? So there's that sense of, oh, I'm going to look forward to tomorrow because yeah. there's something on the schedule. So I have another reason to live for tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. My friend did it. <laughs> I'm sorry. My friend has done that to me. Um, I would just say keep fighting. You know, um, just I would just keep encouraging people. Like, hey, I'm here if you need to talk. No matter what, I'm here. Like, <laughs> I'll tell them, like, I ain't got no life. I'm here to talk if you don't want to talk. I'm here, you know, you know, just vent, you know. Or I'll tell them go to a support group, suicide prevention line. I'm giving all organizations out. <laughs> Black Men Hill, all that. <laughs> Uh -huh. we, do have, we do have a question in there. I just want to try to answer it. It says, I want your honest opinion. I am a transgender and I got let go from my job because of me being transgender. I am going F from FTM, but why would a man feel antagonized by such? Ooh. Wait, FTM? For, I'm going Female to male. Oh, oh. So, ooh, we got... I'll try to answer but why it. Why would a man feel antagonized by such? I mean, Meaning, I can answer that. Question. You can answer that, Jared. Yeah. yeah no, I said, I don't know that I can answer oh, that question. I don't, I don't know I don't, how that. I feel bad because I don't know if I can answer, but like, because I don't have any transgender friends. But no, I think I'm saying more like, I don't know why a man would feel antagonized. I can't speak some for people, some, that some men are It's not terrible that she lost her job, though. No, some men are not comfortable. Like, I'm. No, some straight men that's not comfortable. They're not comfortable around like I feel like they're not comfortable around transgender because they have something insecure, some sort of insecurities about themselves or whatever like that. Um, like I feel I, like they're just human it, beings. They're human beings. They just trying to fit in or just trying to be themselves. And some people feel uncomfortable. You know, it's fucked uh, up. It's it, wrong. It's one thing in the professional work setting because people act different in those settings. But for if that's the explicit reason as to why somebody gets let go. That's that's that? there's that's such bullshit. But there's other ways to ensure that you're protected, yeah. right? There's yeah, other like lobbying yeah. groups and like organizations that can advocate for you in that sense. Even wet in the mental health space, but probably specifically for that outside yeah. of the mental health space. But I would say like look at it this way. So say like say like somebody you meet somebody, but they they eat meat, right? But you're like a really strict vegan or like a plant you don't eat any meat in that sense like you're gonna uh, approach that person a little differently because you're not you don't know necessarily what to say what to not say yeah. and there's a sense of like tension in within that person not the other person so they're coming and encountering you with all this tension so they don't necessarily know what to say what to do yeah. so what they do is they just avoid or they discriminate from a distance because that makes them feel more like the rest of everybody else who feels the same way? Yeah, 
probably more than what the opposite is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's a lot of times it's just people are ignorant, people are unaware, people aren't uneducated, they're not informed, and so as a result, they just avoid, dismiss, or discriminate. As a result. Yeah. All I can say is, you know, maybe speak to like a what is they call like a work lawyer or something like that. You know, no, you need to call the EEOC. EEO, yeah. If that's what's what happening, you can call the EEOC. Yeah, he just says he, yeah, he's for my ex. Oh wow. I'm sorry. I'm just reading what what they said. Oh wow. Yeah, that's unprofessional. That's very, very unprofessional. Like Jared said, call EEOs. Would you say EEOC? All the EEOC. Yes. Yes. Call. You might have a case on your, on your hand or something like that. I th I'm sorry that you you went through that. It's very just. This world is just some evil people in this world. Let's evil be honest. People. Do you want to work for a company like that? No. Good thing you found out now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not work for somebody that actually advocates for the community that you belong to? You That's know? Yeah. Still hit no. their pockets, though. <laughs> Still hit their pockets. Get a lawyer. Because it's wrong, you know? Trans people have rights, and they need to be protected and stuff like that. Yeah. Wrong. So my last question before we go. I love this question. I always ask this question. In the past couple years, what have you guys learned about your mental health? Start with Brian, then Jared. Brian. Jerry. I think Jared. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> y'all want me to go first? Y'all got an answer? I can go first if y'all have nothing. You, you go, go first. Yeah, go what first. I have learned in this past couple of years about my mental health that I am strong. I am a survivor. You know, when people tell me that, I never would believe it. Like, any, like you're strong. You're all that you've been through. I'm like, man. It go out, go in one ear out the other, you know. But now standing here, twenty twenty two, and just looking back over my life, I'm just like, yo, like the shit that I went through, the whole sexual abuse by my cousins, the depression, suicide, losing my grandma, losing my mom, then now I'm just later losing my sister. I should have killed myself, but I'm still here. I'm a survivor. My story matters. That's I had to learn because I think my story didn't matter. My story matters. My story could inspire somebody. I'm a black male you know, speaking about sexual abuse, a lot of black men that's been through that don't even speak about it, you know? I'm always in clubhouse rooms, um, you know, if it's Black Man Hill on a Zoom calls, I'm always speaking it's about my story and I speak more openly about it. So what I have learned about my mental health that I am a survivor and I have to keep on fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have learned that it is okay to be angry about bad things that happen to you like it's fine to be mad about that because those things were bad um but don't harbor it either like let go of it as well because sometimes i feel like i use the anger as a crutch so mm. yeah that's good i got three things i always got three points okay, I always okay mr nami national what you got what the hell <laughs> um <laughs> Or specifically just what I learned about mental health over the years. Mental health is super hard to quantify. Like, it's very hard. Like, we talk about health. We talk about, like, oh, you need this number for a healthy blood pressure. This one for a good sugar, blood sugar. But mental health, it's very difficult to quantify. So it makes it even harder to advocate if you don't have any proof as to why you feel the way you feel. Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. Second thing I would say is, even if your brain, legit, your physical brain has been through a lot of crap emotionally and like legit maybe trauma or abuse, physical abuse, 
your brain has the capacity and the power to re, re, re like heal itself and come back just as strong as it was before, you know? Yeah. So I just look at it that sense. Like, no matter what you think, like if you've over stimulated certain, um, like neurotransmitters in your brain or <laughs> abuse dopamine, or you mess with drugs and your brain screwed up or you, you know, your decision making isn't right because you just can't focus like that stuff over time if you hone it in work on your craft and get tap into how your your own personal mental health journey those things can be auto corrected over time and you'll be back to a healthier self and then the last thing i would say is like even if you feel like you, with mental health even if medicate medication doesn't necessarily solve everything for you but it's a good place to start if you really think you need that help yeah. to get get the wheels turning and feel somewhat emotionally ready to take the next step. Yeah, yeah medication, you know, it's been helping me, you know. Um, yeah. Even medical marijuana, shit, it's, listen, I'm legalized. I got my car. It, it helps and stuff like that, you know. Whatever yeah. your, your thing of medicine is, you know, make sure you do that. Less is pres- you got to be prescribed, though. <laughs> I don't want to write just take anything. Let it be prescribed. Um well, I thank you guys for coming on having this talk, you know. I thank you guys, you know, for being brave and strong. Um, what's next for you guys? What you got going on? I know Brian is, like, touring and everything with his music, you know. And Jared is just killing Are the you? social media, you know, world on Instagram with the positivity. So what Yo, you got Website. Let's go. Let's make a website. What's going on, what's going on Brian? Music, no, music. I didn't know you were touring the yeah. country. <laughs> no, I'm not touring the country. I'm touring, like, um, the greater Philadelphia area, but then after March, I'll be touring the country. What kind of music do you do? Uh, EDM. Okay. Yeah, but we don't play in clubs. We play in churches. He joking, right? Church EDM? Not, I think he joking. Not, no, it's not church EDM. <laughs> I'll send you our album. I'll DM you an al- our album. You can listen. Okay, yeah, send it to me. That sounds Yeah, okay. So what else you got? What you got going on, Jerry? What's going on in your world? What's going on? Um, I don't have a lot going on. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. like I mean, with, I'm I'm continuing to do the social media. Yeah. Uh, I'm working. I'm living life. I'm trying not to go crazy. Yeah, that's what I got going on right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. You about making a website? Have I thought about making one? Mm-hmm. I had one, uh, but it was for like my PR stuff because I do pro bono, like PR work for black businesses. So I had one, but um. Oh. Was it there? Sorry, um, um, I had one. I don't have it anymore, but I'm considering yeah. it in the future. Yes. Okay. No, I'll send you a good resource. I all my stuff on the side I, I do through these sites, but I don't pay a domain fee. It's all free. Um, oh, okay. It's you know that it's name name? <laughs> you know Square. You ever heard of the name Square? Yeah, like the thing that you make your card with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Square has is like um, develops websites. And you're you're free to use them, but they have so many cool integrations you can do for free. And there's no ads on your site like Wix and all that. Oh, wow. So I can send you a link to it, but that's how I make all my websites. And so it's free. Yeah. You don't have to pay a month. Yeah. Um, but they got cool templates and stuff. Yeah. Shout out to Square. You know, sponsor this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Let's get us a show. But um, I guess I want to thank you guys for coming to tell your story. Um, I don't have nothing coming. Well, I do have something. I'm trying to release a book. You have something in the leaks world. I'm trying to release a book. You know, I got my manuscript back. I'm going, um, as I get off of here, I got to um, go over the edits with my friend. Um, you know, I got that, you know. Um, 
trying to go. I think I'm gonna try to go to school for psychology, some online school. Try to do some psychology work because I really want to work in the mental health field. Tired working at the post office, but um, I really want to work in the. I really want to work in the mental health field. And huh, certified peer specialist. Yeah, I was thinking about that. There's options that I'm looking at that I want to do, but um, anything that can give me a good paying job. But um, that's all. But I do have um another project coming up that I want you guys to be a part of. So. I think last year, a couple months ago, well, last year, I put a video together on men's mental health. So I put a script. Um, everybody sent videos in to me, and I had somebody put the video together. So I'm actually thinking about putting up another script so we can, um, you know, like a little PSA. So another PSA, a part two of it, so we can get, you know, push the agenda for men's mental health, men fighting for mental health and everything. So I definitely will be reaching out to you guys to be a part of it. All you have to do is, you know, send a video in, like, horizontally, horizontal and just send it in and everything. So we're going to look out for that in part two of another video. It's about time I get in my writing bag and write some stuff up. Okay, you let us know, boss. Oh, no, I'm not the boss. That's y'all. Y'all just killing the mental health <laughs> world out here. I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to be on y'all level, that's all. <laughs> but you guys have a good night. Thank you for tuning in for Mental, mental Health Check-In with Talik. Guys, have a good night. Thank you. Take it easy. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Right. Bye. See you later, Talik.